single family homes are a great place to get started, but the reality is you're never going to see billionaires in this space because of the scale problem. Yep. I mean, unless you create a fund and that's what you're what you do, but in most cases a lot of people start here and then they hit a cap where it's like, "All right, banks won't give us some more money, so let's go figure out other ways." This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everybody, we're gonna be talking about single family homes. What is it, the pros of it, the cons of it, and really summarize, is this something that you should do as it relates to real estate investing? I am here with Matt Four, the producer of Ice Cream with Investors, a podcast that's helping people get super clear on real estate investing. And I highly recommend you go check his show out. So Matt, when we talk about single family homes, this is something that's by far one of the most popular things when people think of real estate investing, even like, I just want to say like rich dad, poor dad, all right, the, the book that everybody reads and then decides they're, they're going to be real estate investors. When people think of real estate, I promise you, majority of people are thinking about going and buying a home and selling it or buying a home, putting in a tenant in it. And it's like, that's what it is. So why don't you break down? Like, what is it? Number one. And then I really want this series to be real, like here are the pros, but then I also want like to share the cons. And then I want people to walk away saying, I actually want to pursue this or I'm going to pass. I'm not going to get into the thing that I thought I wanted to get in before I listened to the show. Yeah. As we go through each one of these, each one of them is going to have pros and cons, right? So just because one of these niches has a con does not mean it's worth investing. You just should know about the cons before you get involved with them. So I would agree with your point. Everybody reads rich dad, poor dad, and they think I need to get involved in real estate. And when I first got started in real estate, I just thought, oh, you buy a house or a condo or a townhome and you slide someone in there. And that was all you could do as a real estate investor. All the companies did all the bigger stuff. We'll go through those later. But the real pro of buying single family home is it's easy to adopt. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward from a finance, from a management standpoint. The financing is really easy to get. So conventional financing is super easy to get. You can walk into any bank and then supply. So let me just break that down. So easy to adopt. And what I mean by that is a barrier to entry and to operate. So you have expenses, which is your mortgage, your property manager, your taxes, your insurance, your OPEX for repairs and CAPEX and things like that. And then you have your revenue. If there's a difference and it's higher, that means you have positive cash flow. It's pretty cut and dry. How do you go find a tenant? You can post on Craigslist, slide in a tenant. The market is endless there. It's just easy to adopt. It's pretty straightforward. The second benefit is conventional financing. And what I mean by that is you can walk into any bank anywhere in the country, all across the world, basically, and banks just want to lend money out on real estate because they know it's an asset that will yeah. appreciate over time. They love owning property. They also just get it. So you can put down as little as three and a half percent and buy a investment property. You can put down as much as 20%. If you are a veteran in the United States, there are different loans out there. If you're a farmer in the United States, there are different loans out there. If you live in a certain segment of the, of the county, there are different loans. I mean, the financing options are just easy to do and banks are plentiful out there. As long as you have a steady income, there's money out there to invest in single family homes. And then the last one is just supply. I mean, when think about the amount of homes in this country, I would probably put that at like 70 to 80 million. I don't know if that's right, but that just seems like a right number for me. So the supply is plentiful out there. And not only that, but the 
access to the supply yeah. is also plentiful. So you're thinking realtor.com, Zillow.com, Trilio, MLS, going to a local realtor. I mean, the supply is just endless. So again, just to, to kind of break down the benefits, it's easy to adopt. The business model is straightforward. Yeah. The financing out there is plentiful and the supply is plentiful. And, and when we look at even housing prices going up and how it's correlated to interest rates, you can tell that house prices, single family homes are are very much tied to the ease of accessing money. And it truly is. As an entrepreneur, it's kind of frustrating because it's like people that are way more, uh, are way less investment savvy are able to get loans pretty easily from the bank. And as a result, they're able to start a life and a family and potentially start an investment, which is incredible. And then the other thing is the supply. I mean, the ability to go onto the internet and be able to look at any place anywhere and to be able to take up a list of properties, that's incredible. And then the amount of realtors is also pretty insane. So those are the benefits. But let's talk about the cons to, to single family investing. And I also wanna just, again, highlight, we did a three rules to real estate investing and you pretty much opened this whole thing up with cash flow is king. Cash flow is the thing that makes good deals or bad deals. And so with that in mind, let's talk about the cons. Yeah, so there were really three cons that I can think about. One is competition. Two is a single point of failure. We'll get into what that means. And then three is scale. So to start with competition, the competition is high. Anytime there is a low barrier to entry to something, that means it's easy to get into, then the competition is going to be high. So not only are you competing with other real estate investors out there, but you're also competing with other families, other people trying to buy homes. And so people get emotionally attached to homes and will bid up the price. And all of a sudden, yeah. it doesn't make sense for your investment philosophy because it doesn't cash flow. The, the competition is just really high. The second one is a single point of failure. And what I mean by that is one door, one tenant. If there's no tenant, then you still have a single door to pay for through mortgage, taxes, insurance, and things like that. So we'll get into other models that say we have multiple doors and multiple tenants and multiple streams of income that can offset expenses and things like that. But then the, the point I'm trying to make here is that if you don't have a tenant in that home to pay you rent, then ultimately the bank still wants their money back that you're going to have to pay for. So one door, one tenant, single point of failure is pretty bad. And then the last is just scale. And what I mean by that is when you go into a bank and you get a loan, most banks don't keep that on their balance sheet. They actually sell that off because Fannie and Freddie are two institutions out there that, that back the loans, they guarantee the loans. And at a certain point, Fannie and Freddie don't want to give you any more money because they recognize what you're trying to do. I think that mortgage, you can only have like five to 10 mortgages out there, depending on if it's Fannie or Freddie, before they won't support the loan anymore, which means you can't walk into JP Morgan, Bank of America, or these big institutions and say you want a loan because they look at it and say, well, I can't sell that to someone else and I don't wanna take on any more risk, so I'm out of it. Um, and really scale two is DTI ratios. So your debt to income ratios get out of whack and all of a sudden they don't want to support that either. The last piece of scale is really the multiple streams of income and the quality of property manager you're going to get. So when I say multiple streams of income, I think about one of my units had an HVAC go out 
in 2020 yep. and it cost me $5,000 to replace. That was the cash flow for the entire year on that property, right? Whereas if I own a big apartment complex with a hundred doors and a door needs repaired on it, for instance, I have a hundred doors to come yep. back and repair that. And then the property management side of the scale, usually you're it's a tough job to manage single family properties for property managers because they're driving all over town to do repairs. They got multiple tenants and different bank accounts and different investors and all that kind of stuff. So the scale is really, you're not dealing with, I mean, there are good property managers out there, but that not somebody that's an institutional quality. Yep. I want to highlight two things on the con. So competitive, and I love that you, you're competing with people that are emotional. They're, they might be selling their, lifetime home and they might think it's worth x y or z or you're competing with people that just like their whole american dream is to get home and so they'll pay pretty much whatever they can and they're not looking at it as an investment they're looking at it as a dream home and so that's something to highlight but then the other thing is scale and i would say I this we're not giving any investment advice or real estate advice i want to make myself very clear but single family homes are a great place to get started but the reality is you're never going to see billionaires in this space because of the scale problem unless you create a fund and that's what you're what you do but in most cases a lot of people start here and then they hit a cap where it's like all right banks won't give us some more money so let's go figure out other ways but probably one of the biggest pros is financing and if you can be creative or do that financing and get 30 years the numbers in most cases like what the upside is versus what the downside it, it's highlighted as a place and a great asset class to, to start off. That would be how I would summarize single family homes. I started in single family homes. I have no beef against them or anything like that. I think if you are looking to get involved and dip your toe into real estate investing and you know you need to diversify your income streams and things like that, single family homes are a fantastic place to start and it forces you to save money and it force for a down payment and things like that and it give you some cash flow and give you some appreciation. It's a fantastic place to start. All right. So share this episode with someone that you know who wants to learn more about real estate investing and, and they're thinking about getting into single family homes. Ice Cream with Investors is the podcast that Matt is producing. You're bringing on incredible guests and then you're also breaking down the scoop of the week, which is a lot of fun to see that develop. So go check out his podcast, subscribe, and we thank you for tuning in and listening to Better Wealth with Matt Floor. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.